0: Now entering nerdist.com. Hey Sex Nerds. Hey, welcome to the show. Sex Nerd Sandra here, and I am excited about this week's episode. I mean, I'm always excited. I am glad though to process something that was bugging me with Dr. Nerd Love this week. So we'll get to that in just a moment. A few things before we start. First, dates. I will be in New York City next week. Oh my god, it's next week. I need a pack and stuff. Um A new class added that I hadn't announced before It just was added uh, In New York City, the brand new Upper East Side Pleasure chest Store I'm teaching an intermediate blowjob class This one is about custom designing your fellatio That is free, that is on Thursday, uh, October 9th And then uh, Boning 101 with New York Comic Con's Super Week Which is a whole lot of fun I mean, check out the whole calendar Because there's so much happening in New York that week but uh, Friday, October 10th, Boning 101, it's almost sold out. You want to be there for this. It's going to be a lot of fun and in a very cool bar. It's just it's going to be a different vibe from my usual workshop. So I really hope you can come out. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, I get back to Los Angeles uh, for October 20th. It's the Los Angeles uh, sex ed class called Balls Deep Fundamentals of Fellatio. It's my updated 101 fellatio class. Um, I taught it a few months ago with LA Sex Ed Academy and it was a blast. So, also thank you to everyone who came out in Austin. I had a wonderful time way... I had so much barbecue and queso while I was there that I was concerned about my health <laughs> like but like you know like i conquered maybe next time i'll check all the interesting art and stuff but this time it was like a total foodie week anyway i was the maid of honor for a thing or we decided to call me the best maid it's kind of weird to be called the maid of honor it feels weird um so i don't know just coming off a really great thing just had my birthday it was a lot of fun um get a dog soon mm, I get a dog it's exciting okay this is not sex related but hey my life hi nice to meet you um, focusing okay so yes thank you to everyone who came out to the Q&A class in Austin we packed forbidden fruit it was fantastic Mwahaha, we ran out of chairs it was just wonderful and you know I wasn't sure what to expect in terms of questions I'd get from the audience, and I will tell you that the very first questions I'm thinking maybe people will ask about, in popular topics, G-spotting, uh, what loop do I need? The very first question, you. <laughs> urethral prep, <laughs> I can't even say it, urethral play, um, sounding, um... Uh, Which is, when that topic comes up uh, Many people tend to cross their legs And squeeze in a uh, Don't do that to me kind of way Which I I understand It's a thing But it just tickled me Because I I didn't know Who would start it off What would the question be Of course it would be something Rather hardcore and squicky For a lot of people Um, But it was marvelous And people were really Really into learning about it So it was, I don't know it was a wonderful two hours of hanging out with everyone um, good times so thank you for that uh, let's see what else what else um, this week we're talking it this is a heterosexual focused topic of nice guys trying to date girls um, so I'm just you know, acknowledging that um, okay so a little background about this episode I stayed at I stayed at Harris's house and proceeded to have the worst menstrual day of my month, um, the day that I was really at their house. So right when I'm supposed to be fun, guest at colleague's home, I and, and recording a podcast, I'm cramping, I'm feeling miserable, I'm kind of angry uh, for no reason, and, and just kind of like a feral animal a little bit. Of course, you know, I am a person who can suck it up and pop a pill and and get into it so l- re-listening to this episode i realized how much i talked usually i want to listen to my guests i mean you know active listening skills processing what they're saying really digging deep i was a terrible listener this episode i just want to acknowledge that um i mean still i mean it's i just want to call it out for what it is uh But uh, I did have a lot of my mind around the idea of nice guys that I wanted to talk about. Still, I think Harris was just so loving to to go there with me and also to be patient with this uh, very intensely kind of cranky person (laughs) that was in his house. So, okay. Uh, Having said that, thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoy. Uh, Let me know what you think. All right. Have a good one. To the Sex Nerd Sandra Podcast. Whoa, what are these kids doing in here? Hey, if you're under 18, go ask your mom. Now that we're alone, let's start the show. Let's just do this. Let's just let's just make magic happen. Are okay, you ready?
1: Let's dive in.
0: Let's do this. Alright. Hello, Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Dr. Nerdlove. Hello, Sex Nerd Sandra. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, Harris O'Malley, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Dr. Nerdlove. Not a real doctor, but kind of still a doctor. Not really.
2: Yes? I've got a $25 piece of paper from a diploma mill that says I'm a doctor of metaphysics, so I'm a real fake doctor.
0: Oh, you're, yeah. An honest-to-goodness fake doctor. Um, But you do talk to people. I mean, you have a background in pickup artist skills. True. And you have a knack for putting out the sex and love advice, especially the dating advice for people who, I mean, how, what would you call the people who resonate with, with what you talk about?
2: People who are socially inexperienced, maybe a little socially awkward. I mm-hmm. mean, that covers a lot of geeks and nerds, but that's not exclusively geeks and nerds. Cause anybody can fe- can anybody can have a hard time dating or anybody can feel a little awkward trying to enter the dating world. Cause honestly especially for guys there's not that much information out there that's of any that's good and mm-hmm. that's not really exploitative or preys on you know hating people
0: preys on hating
2: like, people well, yeah like there's a lot of there's a lot of internet communities that prey on like the idea that women are in like inferior beings and you have to treat to in order for them to want to sleep with you you have to treat them like crap because this is how you become alpha
0: this is a it has a very us versus them approach yeah uh, kind of an absence of I think of a a dearth of hu- of humanity and, and kindness it just they totally steamroll over
1: mm-hmm.
0: how you can be a a kind person yeah while still getting what you want
2: yeah it's kind of like people who are like I was a nice guy and women didn't respect me so now I'm gonna be the asshole
0: right um, so something happened to me recently. Happened to me. It happened. It happened. And it was interesting. It was confusing. So uh, as I describe this, I feel like, um, as I wrestle with this, I feel like I want to talk about nice guys or the idea. And mm-hmm. even though we already talked on, on exiting the friend zone uh, like a year or two ago, yeah. um, that was a great episode. And we talked with you and your wife, Kat, about mm-hmm. how you got together and 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 oh, friend zone things. Yeah. And we did talk about some nice guy stuff. But I feel like i've i've evolved a lot in my life mm-hmm. and and so I, I want to explore some things in my mind um about this and i want to understand so i went to and and there will actually be an episode in the coming months where i process this exp- like this entire evening that i'm about to talk about mm-hmm. fully with some people that were at the party so i went to i was invited by a friend of a friend um an older gentleman who had an extra ticket to go to a fancy erotic masked ball, Ooh. um, a la eyes wide shut, mm-hmm. that kind of mystique, you know, masks, yeah. tuxedos, fancy dress. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we'll show up and there'll be naked women walking around, you know, slowly and seductively. Um, and I was like, I need to go to this. This is very important. I didn't know the guy, mm-hmm. and so we talked on the phone, like. Whoa. We got each other phone numbers, and I, I he was really effervesced, just like yeah, I'm so curious about this. Um, just I just want to go, and I and I understand he didn't really want to go with someone he already knew. He just kind of wanted to go, but he right. wanted to kind of have an adventure buddy. And I was like, I'm totally down to have an adventure, to be your adventure buddy. I don't want to. I have no interest in playing, I'm Mm -hmm. not going to get involved, I I don't know you, I'm not comfortable with being um, sexual or physical with you, Um, uh, because I I just don't know you. And he's like, oh yeah, I have no expectation of that. So we have this very clear Mm -hmm. um, conversation. We meet up the next night for, for the thing. for the thing. Right. We meet at this bar nearby. It's like a really fancy Beverly Hills bar. These The tickets to this party, FYI, are like $500. Whoa. Yeah. And I, th- I think he knew somebody that, like, he just knew the people who were hosting or something. And so he, he was excited to get to go to the thing. Um, and there was definitely a big age gap between us. And so there was already that going on. And we're different people. We don't know each other. Um, but I'm down for an adventure. Um, we're chatting at the bar. And he's a delightful personality. I am enjoying myself. I'm like, oh, this is going to be cool. You know, a little quirky. We're just quirky people. been quirky. Um, lots of banter. We get our masks. So we get back in the car. We get our masks on. We drive up to the fancy house. And we walk in. And it's got that kind of like, yes, you are entering a magical space where anything can happen. And... Um, I'm, I'm still picturing
2: the dance scene from *Labyrinth* now.
0: It's um, it's a little bit groovier than that. Mm-hmm. It's more like a 19 late 1960s feel. Oh, I would okay. say in terms of the house architecture, but there's mm. a more modern music, right definitely. Um, but there's like sort of a slow gyrational quality uh, to the entrance and people, and then there's definitely masked women with pasties on, like in mm. and, and nothing else, like in a cape, you know, like sitting there with a tray of drinks, like okay, like boobs, cool, nice to hey. meet you. Um, and the minute we enter this place, even though I've had this conversation with them the day before, and even though our time at the bar was jovial and and lighthearted and and not sexual at all. And I, and I felt like I could relax because I'd had that conversation. But the minute we entered the space, his hand was suddenly on the bareness of my back, like guiding me around. There was a lot of shoulder, there was a lot of like he suddenly it was, I can touch you on your back. I can touch you on your shoulders. I can, I, we were um, sitting at the outside bar. Like we got a drink and we were sitting and chatting around people and he was rubbing my thigh
2: Whoa.
0: over. I mean, I had a silky dress on, so he was like, right, rubbing but my even thigh so over. for
2: someone you just know, you just met in person. That's a, uh, that's really forward.
0: Yeah. Uh, they definitely, maybe half an hour passed. like we'd walked around a bit and I just kept noticing the body touching. And even though on its own, it's just a shoulder. It's just a, it's a back. It was. Uh, I could tell that he was. Um, what do you call it when you're slowly accelerating your uh, physical intimacy?
2: Um, well, I know the pickup artists call it kino escalation, but it's escalating. Just, yeah. Kino? Yeah, it's a it's a jargon thing. So kinesthetic, that sort of thing. Oh, okay, okay. I, I prefer okay. just calling it touching. But yeah, he's yeah he's ramping it up. He's escalating the intimacy of it.
0: Yeah, and uh, and while we were just on these stools at this outside bar, and it's beautiful, and we're overlooking you know Hollywood Hills, looking down, and he's rubbing my thigh. And, and if you're listening to this and you're like, I want to know about this party, that will come in. There's so much that happened that night. I can't talk about all this other stuff. It's just <laughs> so much. Um, but he's rubbing my thigh and I, I'm kind of freaking out a little bit because there's a little bit of that. You may have bought these tickets. I don't know. These are your friends or some of these people are your friends. So you have the power advantage in this situation. You're my ride as well. But I can just get a taxi, so... But I I want to be nice to you. I mean, I want to be nice just because I think you're a cool person, but now you're being kind of handsy with me. But it's one of those things where it's safe enough in the the lower thigh area rubbing that I don't know at what point it's too far where... Because I'm also fine where I I feel fine saying no. Mm -hmm. I don't... I've practiced that enough. So at what point do I say it? And finally I go, I'm just slowly distrusting this man more and more as he's rubbing my thigh, as we're talking about something that's not about my thigh. Um, So I... And we have had a drink. So it's one of those things where you're like, okay, I gotta, I gotta use my words. So I say, Hey, um, I just want to let you know that I'm, I'm not feeling comfortable with, with, with the, the body touching going on. And so like, I'm having a good time. I'm really glad to be here with you. But I would prefer if if we didn't do that. And he went, Oh, okay. Okay. And he kind of, he was startled. Like it was, it was definitely a, um, he said, well, I don't, I mean, I didn't mean it like that. Like, I would touch my mom like that. Like, exactly, in your faces. Yeah, yeah. No,
2: for those of you who can't see it, which is all of you, because this is radio, like, I just pulled back and went, boom.
0: Yeah, it, uh, I mean, maybe a back touch and a shoulder touch, like, to guide me through the uh, yeah. crowd, maybe, but the, the thigh touching, no, you don't rub your mom's thigh like that. And he's like, yeah, I would, so there was a defensive quality where yeah. he was trying to, um, make it seem, like, totally innocent. And also, I know I, I can be affectionate and sort of absent-mindedly affectionate. Um, but he took it to, like, familial. Like, hey, oh, yeah. I touch my mom like that. I'm like, that's not a real thing.
2: That's some flowers in the head of shit.
0: <laughs> so, um, and then it, was, it got very, like, he got flustered, then I got kind of flustered, and it just mm-hmm. got real weird. And so I was like... Uh, well, I mean, I just... I have really strong boundaries. And, like, if, if I'm going to... Let's say I have sex with my friends. Like, I know that we're going to have, like, a very... You know, when we're escalating the touch thing. Like, when we say, like, I feel like touching you. And then, like, it's like, oh, that's cool. Like, like I, I feel like having a cuddle. Like, let's have a You know, and then you kind of have that cute, like, ah, cuddling's fun. And you just... You get on the same page about what you want to do. And that's mm-hmm. kind of the extreme co- communication I tend to do. And so... And he's like, oh, well, that's... Considering our... Um, considering our surroundings, that those are some big words. That that you know, you'd think that you'd be okay with some some thigh rubbing if you're like, how you saying you're having sex with your friends, and then it just oh. that it didn't match that I could have any boundaries on my body if we're at some sort of erotic party and I have sex with friends, like, mm. or what that means. And honestly, I was kind of like grasping, like, how do I describe this? Like, if I'm not like I have a bunch of sex with a bunch of friends, it was kind of like. If this were to be a thing with somebody that I felt safe enough to even go there with, there would still be a lot of acknowledgement along the way. I guess what I'm saying, Harris, is it was weird because he was being a really nice guy up to that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, he, but then there was this like he was really nice. He bought me a drink at the bar before we went to the party, and and the the money thing got weird. I, I'm weird when someone wants to like buy me drinks and things. Like, it, I feel like I owe them something, but then I go, no, I don't, and. But are you trying to ingratiate uh, mm-hmm. something with me and but then to to be doing one thing and saying another and then making it my deal like I, it was just so weird because he was so nice
1: mm-hmm.
0: and he and he it made complete sense to him on the phone that like oh yeah of course I wouldn't expect anything of you and yet suddenly oh and then the thing he said that really and I just touched your thigh. <laughs> I tapped it I yes. didn't know I didn't linger I didn't linger um was uh, after all of the like frenzied, like whoa, I would, uh, you know, I, I didn't mean, I didn't mean anything by it. Like I'm not a creepy guy, like, whoa, and I was like, hey, it's fine. I just, you know, I need, you know, certain amounts of consent and like actual like acknowledging of what's mm-hmm. happening. If if that's a thing, um, and I hadn't ruled anything out really, like, like I was just getting comfortable at this party, mm-hmm. but because he wasn't, well, I can explain how my emotion later, but, um, he said, like, well, you know. I mean, all of that aside, if you actually wanted me to be closer to you, you wouldn't have said anything. So, which means that because you're saying something, you're telling me that you're not interested. So he was taking it as like overt rejection.
1: Um, yeah,
2: that, that seems like he really went from like zero to sixty in both directions. <laughs> <By> first, <laughs> like first, like oh no, it's it's going to be fine. We're totally like you know we're here anthropologically. We're going to watch. We're not going to tap on the glass. It's going to be fun. Hand on the thigh. It's like, hey, you know, maybe not the hand on the thigh. I, th- th- clearly this was not meant to be. Um, you, <laughs> th- but the surroundings. Like, yeah, that, wow, that that's some serious pendulum going there.
0: Yeah, that's, really? Oh, yeah, it, we physically went in one direction. And then, like, when I said something, it went in the opposite direction. It was it was strange because also in my head, it's like, well, I, I wasn't, not like I wasn't interested. It's not like I was interested. I just was taking it step by step. Mm-hmm. And he was going at a speed I wasn't comfortable with. Like I just, we just got there, <laughs> like, you know. Uh, so it just got me thinking to like, what. It was kind of like a damned if I do, damned if I don't thing. Where I couldn't, I couldn't have done anything except maybe slowly slink away and just do this like shy sort of a. Uh, just lie like, oh I have a boyfriend or like or just pull some card to make it stop. I couldn't just say, Hey, I prefer if if we we didn't do the touching thing, like for now. I mean, I realize just saying no touching is a bit extreme. I probably should have been better with my words and it's been like, Hey, you're rubbing my thigh right now. I feel uncomfortable about that. Mm-hmm. Like I'm feeling weird. Like I should have just been more a little more gentle, but it's kind of freaking out a little.
2: Just, yeah, the, the, the extreme differences between what he was saying and then what he was doing. Uh, yeah, I can see how that would really kind of mess with your head a little bit. It's like, what? wait, what? What? What's going on? The cognitive dissonance really kind of gets to you.
0: Ooh, I love cognitive dissonance as a thing you talk about. I mm. hate when I feel it. Um, yeah, there is a little bit of an ego thing or a self Like, the, the level that I... I'll I'll hear the voice in my head going, Sandra, you should be really good at having this conversation. (laughs) But you're doing really bad. (laughs) Oh, man. But it's, you know, at least, I don't know. At least I tried to have it. So what is this thing about the nice guy? Like, is... (sighs) I've been trying to tell people lately, like, nice guy, it's you want to be a kind person Mm -hmm. because... I don't know, I feel like... Are you a nice guy, Harris?
2: I'm a good guy. I'm not a nice guy. What's the difference? A nice guy, well, we, when I talk about nice guys, I tend to do capital N, capital G, and a little trademark sign to differentiate mm-hmm. between the nice guy and someone who is nice. Um, the nice guys are tend to be guys who have bought into the idea that, you know, they hear women want a nice guy, and they say, oh, I'm nice, women should want me. But they're not actually nice. Mm-hmm. They're, what they're doing more often than not is that, like, they're doing what I used to do when I was back in my bad old days that I called the uh, the platonic best friend backdoor gambit, where <laughs> I I wasn't strong enough or direct enough to be able to say to someone, I like you, I want to date you, I want to go out, you know, I want to make out with you, whatever, and instead I would try to go up to them and be their best friends and show them what an awesome guy I was and do things for them. When they were sick, I would bring them soup and I would bring them flowers and listen to them when they cried about their shitty boyfriends and Mm -hmm. sit there trying really hard to conceal my erection because I was sitting there thinking, like, my hand is so close to your butt right now. And... The reason, like, for friends who do that, that's a great thing. But I wasn't really being a friend to them because I was there because I was hoping that I was going to get with them.
0: You had an ulterior motive. Exactly.
2: I was a friend under false pretenses. Okay. And a lot of people do this. They get into these these relationships where they're trying to say... You know, I am this nice guy. No, we're totally friends. And then looking for that moment of vulnerability where Mm -hmm. either they wear you down or just the window is open where you generally you, not just you, um, you know, the window is open because you've just broken up with someone and you're feeling kind of like, well, I'll never love again. Oh, there, there, (coughs) there.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Okay.
2: And yeah, and a lot of them are doing trend like they're trading on like the all the nice things they have done they're trading on like nice guy tokens because i brought you flowers and i brought you soup and i've listened to everything you said about your boyfriends and when you were drunk at my party i didn't rape you and i've heard people say that before it's like i didn't take advantage of you because i'm a nice guy you should you should be happy be with me because of that it's like no you don't get (laughs) bonus points for being a baseline human being and yeah, they're hoping that if they collect enough of these nice tokens, they can trade it in for sex or for a relationship or whatever. Transactional. Yeah, very transactional. Yeah,
0: yeah you wrote a you wrote an article for Kotaku and then like one on your blog about nice guys. I was checking them out and you had some really great things to say about it. And there was a lot on um, you know the fact that it's a conditional friendship, like mm-hmm. you were just saying, and uh, the thing about I see transactional way. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, this okay. The social con- the idea that is sort of this odd social contract where, because um, this is we're talking heterosexual mm-hmm. nice guy seeks out. Although you know, I don't know what happens with guy guy friendships and relationships because there is some of that as well. How there's mm-hmm. friends that are kind of just waiting for sex time and relationship time. Yeah. Um, but we're just going to speak to guy and girl relationships. Yeah, because that's so much. The,
2: the, if, if nothing else, that's so much more prevalent in the media and you hear more hetero guys mm-hmm. complaining about like hetero guys and hetero women talking about nice guys mm-hmm. i i don't know from experience how much this happens with gay men or gay women i'm sure it does because people are assholes no matter who they sleep with um, okay that was mean because uh, people can be assholes no matter who they sleep with
0: they're jerk faces of all orientations exactly
2: <laughs> back battle, back battle. No, i understand um, i understand But, yeah, it doesn't matter, but it's what I'm most familiar with being, you know, cisgendered, heterosexual guy.
0: So... And
2: having been that guy before.
0: It's interesting, because there's this catch where you you have someone who just is indirectly trying to woo Mm -hmm. someone by being as close as possible to them as a friend... But if the person that if gets a, if the friend if the person gets a sense that that their friend is attracted to them or interested or has an ulterior motive, if they point that out, then they can be then they can just say like, "Oh, you just think people are just." Interested in you because you're a pretty Mm -hmm. girl. Like, get over yourself. Yeah,
2: sometimes they get really defensive. Like, no, what are you talking about? Why you're so self centered? Or no, no, I'm. No, I I didn't mean that at all. What do you mean? Mm -hmm. Um, They're playing very much on the Schrodinger's boyfriend kind of thing. Where, oh yeah, they're totally not trying to hit on you unless you're into it.
0: Right and then and, yeah. And then but, all of
2: a sudden they're totally serious.
0: Yeah, yeah, but stuff. I'm just joking unless you you you, you want you want that. Mm-hmm. It's just totally other example, but I always go to butt stuff as a joke <laughs> example of. Yeah, butt stuff example. is awesome. Butt stuff is awesome It's just it's uh, yeah. I recently was I can't even share any details of this otherwise it would anyway. Um someone was saying like oh you're a sex expert oh sex expert interesting my girlfriend just keeps um she's just so anti-sex is a lot of like no no i can't do this oh i can't do that and just sort of this very generic reference about how their girlfriend is struggling with um being cool with a lot of their sex life and i went i get it bro like you just uh you just want to put in her butt i get it i get it i was totally joking (laughs) and and then everybody laughed haha and then lady was like Actually, that's exactly what I was talking about. Like, and I was delighted that I guessed it, but I also kind of understood that that would totally be the thing. Um, but he was—he thought it was a magic trick that yeah. I was able to guess. But I was like, duh. So it's just a thing. It's yeah. just, it's it's a, a trope in my line of work, I think. Um, <laughs> getting back to it, uh, I need to stop putting this pen in my mouth. Bad habit. Bad dog. Um, Schrodinger's boyfriend. Does that help anyone to just? It's like, it can go either way. They're just sort of they're in this sort of they're letting themselves be in this limbo because at least they're they have more of a chance than not playing that very strange game.
2: Yeah, because they're they're living in this world where as long as she hasn't explicitly rejected him, then there's a chance. So it's a lot easier for them to live in hope, even when that hope is completely in their head. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they can look for all of these little tiny little signs that mean she's weakening versus making a move and then getting explicitly shot down. Mm -hmm. And honestly, for a lot of people, even when they get shot down, they kind of back up a few steps and go, oh, no, okay, I'm cool with just being friends. I'm cool with just going to be friends. And then they're going to just keep on trying to uh, weasel their way back in. Mm hmm. Which again is stuff that I've done, not that I'm proud of it, but I've I have seen it happen so many times because I've been on, I've been the guy doing that, and I've seen it happen with friends where I've been like, you know, he's trying to get with you, right? Hmm,
0: it's interesting. It's on in switching it around. uh, In my this is just personal experience because. Sometimes I talk from personal experience, you guys. Surprise, surprise. But at least I let you know and don't pretend it's the rule for everyone. Um, I've been... I remember a friend that I was... uh, A guy that I was friends with. And there's that... Thing that I kept experiencing, like I crush a lot. I'm I'm, I'm a big crusher, and I, I I'm relaxed with the ebb and flow of it. Like oh, I'm crushing right now, and a few weeks it'll probably dissipate. Like you know, just go with the flow. But when you have the long term friendship with someone, there will be times when you're just super crushing on your friend, and I would be uh, crushing on this guy, and and then it would go away, and you know a year would pass, and then, like a crush would come back, and I'd be like ah, mm-hmm. and. And sometimes, when he would be involved with a, a, a girl and dating, I would feel jealous, and I'd have to check that. But I could tell that sometimes I'd be like, "Ah, you guys are fighting again." Like, you guys, I, I would react in a way that was me. Like I knew that part of it was that I was jealous and really kind of knew that like he deserved better and I'm better, and like <laughs> you should really want me, but. Don't want me because that'd be weird, but like I kind of want you, but, uh, and it's it's a very strange, it's an uncomfortable thing, and I have to acknowledge that anybody who's in that weird position of being attracted to their friend, it's difficult. But when you let that take over, yeah, like when you become a villain, mm-hmm. and it's like creepy.
2: Yeah, when it becomes like it's not just acknowledging that you have this crush, and
0: yeah, crushes are fun, enjoy the
2: crush, um, but when you're actively trying to make it happen. Knowing that they're with somebody else, and you're just waiting for the relationship to end, mm-hmm. or knowing that they they're not into you the way that you want them to, that's when it starts crossing lines, mm-hmm. and it really just starts getting to the point of really just violating trust. Because presumably this per you're, you know this person thinks you're a genuine friend and has opened up to you and has been vulnerable to you, and when they find out that no, you've had this ulterior motive this entire time, mm-hmm. that's kind of really well, we've been saying crush, but crushing. <laughs> um, it's really. It's, I wouldn't say emotionally damaging, but it's really hurtful to find out that this person's only been doing all of these things because ultimately they want to get in your pants.
0: Yeah, and and I've been in the situation as as a female uh, who dates guys, where I have gotten a sense that I that I have a, a guy friend that is kind of hoping it happens. And it's kind of awkward in poly as well um, because to have a lot of poly friends and kind of being in the realm of, of poly and open relationships, that I'll get a sense that somebody's hoping that I kind of get involved in their tribe or that like we eventually will have a hookup at a party. And it feels taxing to, to get the, the scent of um, that, that slight sexual interest. I don't really like that feeling. I like clear boundaries and and expectations. I just, I don't like it. And I don't even know what to do. Like, can you just say, hey, can you just talk about it with someone, or do you just just, do the nice guys kind of freak out, if you point it out?
2: Most of the time, the nice guys tend to freak out a lot, because they're trading on the ambiguity. Because, as long as they don't say anything directly, they can deny it. Because if they say something directly, then they are forcing the choice. It's like... Or you've you've put it out there. What's the response going to be? And generally, they know the answer is going to be no. Otherwise, they would have said something by now.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And they're just, they're trying to avoid the rejection. So if they sense that rejection is a possibility, they're like, they'll they'll pull back. Like no, no. What, what do you mean? No, I I don't know what you're talking about.
0: How how do you identify if somebody is being a nice guy or, or trademark nice guy yeah. um, and not being a, an actual friend?
2: It's um, it's hard to tell sometimes. A lot really depends on how they treat you, and if they treat you differently when you're dating someone, and they don't, and they don't have a chance. I mean, there's the times when you're dating someone and your friends are jealous because you're spending time with somebody else. That's you know, that's natural. Mm-hmm. But it's another entirely when they kind of clam up and get resentful and bitter, and you know, the only times they bring up their bring up your significant other is because they're gonna like kind of talk them down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um. The one that I keep coming back to is in examples that make really show this is uh, Pretty in Pink and Ducky. Because, you know, a lot of people who watch Pretty in so Pink... so stalkery. I know. Like, the first time I ever watched Pretty in Pink, I identified with him way too much. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Because, honestly, like, I... Yeah, I've been that guy. I was like, watch my best friend go off with someone else. But, oh my god, he is a whiny little shithead who only ever, like thinks about how he feels about her doesn't care about andy's feelings at all
0: so if anyone hasn't seen pretty in Pink, so you've got the main uh the protagonist who's mm. this uh girl for like a, from a poor family mm-hmm. who has a big crush on like the the rich guy at school yeah and she's really good at fashion design and and she's this best friend named ducky played mm. by what's his face from right, john Blue, cryer no, john cryer that's right yeah from, from uh, two, two and a half men friend um who's this adorable best friend but who is in love with her and keeps showing he keeps showing up kind of cock blocking whenever she's like got her eye on the prize of the, guy, the other guy um there's a big rejection scene like where she it's like oh no well they won't they oh they won't and then he's kind of the person that shows up to be like oh poor girl and um and people hope that she Winds up with Ducky, even though he's yeah. been basically stalking her. Yeah, the he's been movie.
2: stalking her. He's been ignoring her every time, and when she starts talking about the other guy, I think Blaine or something like that, some mm-hmm. like typical eighties rich name, mm-hmm. he gets really sulky and just kind of like really doesn't want to doesn't want to talk about it, doesn't want to engage with her about it, and just kind of talk bad-mouths him, and he's. Again, he's being really selfish with it. Her, His friend is genuinely coming to him for support. Mm-hmm. And he's using this as an opportunity to try to wedge himself in there. And there's this feeling of, oh, she should be with him. Doesn't she see how much he loves her? As, as if one-sided affection is all it takes to make a relationship happen.
0: I also feel like uh, the character of Ducky is written from a self-fulfillment um like a wish fulfillment standpoint, yeah. where the person writing it writes this charming, attractive character who's also stalkery and mm-hmm. madly in love. So I don't feel like he's a truthful representation of what the nice best friend who's secretly in love with his best friend really is like. Because there are people who are secretly in love with their best friend and yeah. they're not like toxic about it. Mm-hmm. But um, but Ducky is so charming. You're like, mm-hmm. I want to date Ducky. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he actually exists. I don't think Ducky is a real thing.
2: Yeah, most of the time they're not nearly as engaging as John Cryer is. <laughs> um That's
0: that's the thing, is since nice is a bare minimum, I mean what how do you is nice good enough to get a date?
2: No, I mean nice nice is nice. That's it. It's nice is pleasant pleasant is not attractive. Mm-hmm. I mean, for a date, there needs to be some level of attraction. Otherwise, it's all you're doing is going out as friends. And attraction can be built. A chemistry mm-hmm. can be built. I, I talk about this on the blog all the time, but not everybody's going to like you the way you want to be liked. And when you don't accept sorry, no for an answer, then all you're doing is setting yourself up for heartbreak and you know, bad enough you're hurting yourself, but if you're doing the the platonic backdoor friend thing, you're hurting someone else too.
0: Right. There's the people who are terrified of rejection, so avoid it completely. Yeah, by unless staying they in have
2: a hundred percent assurance that they're gonna they're gonna get it.
0: Right, but then there are the other people who will get re- a rejection response and not hear it or not respect it, and then mm-hmm. just keep trying. Yeah, and that's.
2: Yeah, that's it's terrifying.
0: That, a little yeah, bit.
2: they'll hear a uh, they'll hear because you know, especially women are trained to give the soft no mm-hmm. because you know, especially even now women are socialized to be very deferential and respectful of men and and in Western society, giving a, a direct no is seen as being unnecessarily rude or hurtful a lot of times. So they'll give a soft no. It's like no, uh, you know, I'm not right now. Mm-hmm. I'm busy, whatever. And they hear, try again later. Mm-hmm. Try a little harder. Yeah. And so they keep on pushing until they get the hard no. Because until then, there's that plausible deniability of, well, she didn't tell me to go the fuck away. Yeah. Like, if it's like someone, if, you know, the guy who texts somebody constantly or messages them on OkCupid and they don't, they don't respond back.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That is a message. But to some people, that's just not getting a response at all. It just means try harder.
0: So... The classic... Okay, the classic dichotomy of nice guy versus douchebag, Mm -hmm. uh, where it's... Not only is it, I'm a nice guy, that should be enough, you should want to date me, which is not... Because, I mean, I tend to get attracted to values. Like, you make me laugh. Like, you're giving me a certain... Like, you're doing Mm -hmm. something for me that I really need and desire in my life. Laughter. Yeah. So... Um, and lots of people have their own values. Some people need to be extremely sexually attracted to their partner. Mm-hmm. You know, other people need like, whatever it is that they need. Yeah. Um, but the thing that that often comes up is it's I'm a nice guy. Women are always going after douchebags, which I feel like is a fake thing. Like I don't feel like it's a like,
2: yeah. It's it's a cognitive bias. It's um it's confirmation bias mm-hmm. because we see people. We see women going off with with assholes, and sometimes we just assume they're assholes because they're not us, mm-hmm. and we have we have stereotypes. Like I've seen people like Emma Watson was in the news recently because of her great speech in front of the UN. Oh
1: yeah, and that's then great.
2: people were going off on her because she's dating you know she's dating a a, a rugby playing Oxford student, mm-hmm. and so like of course he's a jerk. Why? Because he plays rugby. It's Like you don't know that mm-hmm. he's a good looking guy and he plays a sport you for all you know he works at a you know a soup kitchen twice a week but we assume because we we assume the stereotype of jock is asshole asshole get women
0: yeah we're pretty cruel to sportus people who play sports
2: yeah and, it, and sometimes there's a basis for that for that prejudice sometimes there's not but we uh, we assume things we assume that the loud flashy guy at the club is you know the jersey shore type who's got to be the asshole But we notice them because they're the loud, flashy type. Mm -hmm. We don't see the quiet guy who's just having this really intense, calm, calm, passionate conversation with someone else in the corner. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, the person he's talking to is responding to his passion because he's not big flashy. And we don't see the, you know, the other people who have quieter, more subtle relationships getting together. Mm -hmm. We just notice the flashy stuff. But because we see that, we assume, okay, all of these other people don't count. It's They're going home with assholes. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah, there are things that you will see in people who are assholes that are attractive. Mm -hmm. Um, like, there, uh, scientists have found that people who score high on what's called the Dark Triad... Uh,
0: Ooh, what's that?
2: Um, psychopathy, uh, Machiavellianism, and um, narcissism are all, like, you know, considered part of the Dark Triad.
0: Wait, so self-absorption, that's mm-hmm. narcissism. You've got Machiavellianism Machia- to do anything you, you mm-hmm. need to do in order to get what you want. And what yeah. was the first one?
2: And psychopathy.
0: Psychopathy, which is what is an absence of empathy. Yeah,
2: so more willing to more willing to do things. Um and they found that people who tested high on these tended to be seen as being more attractive to the opposite sex.
0: Interesting.
2: But what made things interesting is because the I what made the study interesting is because at first they did it with photos. And just photos of the, everybody dressed up and in their everyday outfits. And they would show them to you know, pictures of men to women and women to men. And the people who had tested high, they'd tested all of them and people who had tested higher, and those photos looked more attractive. Mm-hmm. But when they de- took the same people, mm-hmm. put them in gray uniform jumpsuits, um, had the, everyone with long hair undo their hair, um, everybody took off whatever makeup they were having, basically made them as, made them as plain as possible, unprepared as possible that interest all went away. Suddenly everybody was more or less on the even play level. It's just that the people, there are personality traits that go with being an asshole that tend to be more attractive. People who are narcissistic tend to put more effort into how they look because Mm -hmm. they're really into themselves. They want to Mm -hmm. look their best. Uh, People who are more Machiavellian or who are more psychopathy are more likely to be assertive. They're more likely to take the chances. Mm -hmm. They're going to present themselves better. Mm -hmm. And that's ultimately what the assholes have over these supposed nice guys. They're the ones making moves. They're the ones who are being very direct and upfront. I mean, you watch the Jersey Shore hop in a time machine and go back and watch the Jersey Shore <laughs> uh, and you will see that, you know, whenever Paulie D or whoever is hitting on someone, it is very clear that he just wants to take her home and bang. Mm-hmm. He's not trying to pretend like, no, we're going to we're gonna go back to my place and watch videos because we're going to be BFFs and I'm going to listen to you. No, he's being very upfront. I'm into you. I want to sleep with you. Let's go. How do we make this happen?
0: Oh, really? I didn't watch the uh, Jersey Shore So he, because there's the girl, like, I'm going to sweep Sweet talk you, and hopefully you'll want to go home with me. Yeah, but he's just sweet, like he's I sweet want to-
2: talk, He's sweet talking them, but there is never a question that the end goal is to sleep with them.
0: See, I don't. I okay. Well, okay. There's douchebags and assholes, but I would never equate being upfront about wanting to sleep with someone with being a jerk. B- because I would appreciate if someone isn't trying to
2: exactly you sell can, me
0: one thing and get another. Well, exactly.
2: Um, it's because jer- like jerks tend to be more straightforward. Being straightforward doesn't make you a jerk.
0: Because if you're not being straightforward and try and have an un- ulterior motive, then you're mm-hmm. you're signaling the creepy factor.
2: Yeah, you're, and exactly. And the the example I always like to go to for someone who is very straightforward but also a good person, um, in pop culture is uh, Captain Jack Harkness from Torchwood and Doctor Who. Uh, Richard Barrowman. Oh no, no, I know who Hi. he
0: is. I'm just like trying to. And he said, because he's John straightforward, Berman, and, oh, yeah, he is pretty, like, he's, he's such very, a flirt. Yeah,
2: he's a very open flirt. Like, there's never a question that he's into you.
0: He's just very charming, uh, into everybody, mm. wants to get some.
2: Pansexual, but- species even.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, but he's Aww. genuinely a good guy, because you know that he, you know where you stand with him. You know that he's not trying to trick you. You know that if you're not into him, he you know that he's going to be like, okay, cool. Peace out. I'll find mm-hmm. someone who is. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is no games. He's willing to be charming. He's willing to walk right up to the line. But if you're comfortable, you, you, you see him. He walks right back. Mm-hmm. A, he, that's sort of the example that you can be a good guy, be a sexual guy, and still get what you're looking for without disrespecting people, without mm-hmm. lying to them, without treating them badly.
0: Interesting. I, you know, I've never really thought about him uh, more than just really enjoying his pansexualness on on Doctor mm-hmm. Who. And Torch, a, I only watched a little bit of Torchwood. He's um, such an
2: awesome character.
0: Yeah, it's it's powerful. I mean, they do so much uh, mm-hmm. great normalizing of so much humanity on that show. Oh, I love it. And the universe. Mm. Um, okay, so if if we're deconstructing the douchebag versus nice guy thing, mm-hmm. then there's the girls have it so much easier idea, mm-hmm. which is another article you wrote about. Um, do women have an easier time dating than men? Depends on how you want in, to define
1: easier. In the easier. heterosexual
0: and
2: thing. What, what I mean is, um, in terms of being approached, they have an easier time because men are socialized to approach and women are socialized not to. And guys often, you, like, women often don't approach because a lot of guys have bad reactions to when women approach. Mm-hmm. Like, they assume that the women are much more interested in them than they really are. Or that, you know, they, they hear a, hi, my name is, you know, my name is Sally. I thought you were kind of cool. I wanted to meet you. But what the guy's is hearing is and I want you to take me to the bathroom in the manly fashion mm-hmm. and or otherwise they think that you know this person there's something weird about her or whatnot so in terms of being the being the approacher versus the approachee yes more more men are going to approach women than women are going to approach men
0: it's interesting that that in that way you're seeing it as m- women have an easier time because they don't have to approach. I right. see. I see it, and, and I talked to somebody else. I don't know if it was on the show or what, because now it's all where yeah. all these
2: being more people approaching you does not necessarily mean that the people you would be interested in are approaching you. It's just in terms of sheer numbers. In terms, true,
0: but wouldn't the person approaching? They can up there, if they approached everybody, for instance. Mm-hmm. Like they're increasing their numbers of opportunity. Where. Um, if women or if anybody is waiting for other people to approach, they, their options are mm-hmm. limited to those who approach them. That
2: is true, mm-hmm. and but and one of the things that a lot of guys never notice is the effort that it takes women to be approachable. And then there's that. Yeah, I mean, like women don't just like show up and then guys surround them because those again, those are the ones you notice. You don't notice the ones who aren't making giving out the approach signals, who aren't like making eye contact and doing I doing like the eye contact, look down, look back, mm-hmm. and smile. Or kind of giving the little, like, making themselves more approachable, putting themselves in a position where more people are going to notice them, and all the prep work, you know, going making yourself up, getting, you know, making yourself look as good as possible before you even get there. All that's a lot of work that guys never realize is, like, gets put into this.
0: Yeah, it's pretty exhausting. And I'm not even doing it to attract people. It's more (laughs) just, like... Let me figure out how to make my face look like people expect my face to look. You know, yeah. But yes, it's, it's, it's a lot. Thank you for caring and noticing, Harris.
2: Uh, but like I said, in terms of, in terms of that, it, just because someone's approaching you doesn't mean that they're the people you want to approach. Mm-hmm. And so in terms of finding cool people, no, they have the same problems that guys do.
0: Yeah, the confirmation bias thing is um, really helpful to point out because people do that and they have no sense. A lot of people do, aren't actually taught that that's a thing that mm-hmm. that occurs so often Where we do this fake mental science where we think we understand the truth behind something because we have a theory about dating and then we only see the times when it matches our theory. Yeah. And then if it's not matching, we kind of just discard it so as a woman i've had a lot of people talk or or just if something cool happens like i get a free donut or Mm -hmm. um i was able to like one time i was late for my flight and i was able to get from through security into the gate and onto the plane with a bag was that was clearly too big Mm -hmm. to get on the plane and luckily, the plane wasn't full enough that so I could get it on. And I used every skill I could to deflect attention away from my bag. Like, I was doing all kinds of things. But when I told somebody about it on the other side, they like, oh, my God, this thing happened. They're like, oh, it's because you're a cute girl. I was so offended. Because, like, I'm not saying that some people don't, like, certain people don't find me attractive. But I'm like, I was working hard for that shit. Because I needed to get on that plane. Mm. But, um...
2: Yeah, it's less the girl part, more the cute part. I mean, there is there is looks bias. And we do tend to as- ascribe a certain halo effect to people who are physically good-looking. And we assume better about them, and we tend mm-hmm. to think of them as being better people mm-hmm. and ascribe more positive motivations to them. Mm-hmm. But so, yeah, a good-looking guy who is also using these same skills that you're using. Because, yeah, it is a skill to... It, you didn't just show up. You were doing mm-hmm. a lot of, like, social engineering to make this all happen will have, you know, be able to do that, too.
0: Yeah, I'm curious. Now I want to get a bunch of people to practice the same faces <laughs> and the same jokes and then try it on different days and see who can get through yeah. the exact if, same Yeah, bag. I've
2: known plenty of people who are, like, who are guys who are able to get stuff or get advantages because they're just really good at people. Mm-hmm. Like, they know how to make people feel good. They know how to make them laugh. And when mm-hmm. people, you know, they make people like them. And when people like you, they want to do stuff for you.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. And they trust you to not yeah. take advantage of it. You know? Yeah,
2: I mean, like, you're a very charismatic social person. You are very good at making people like you. And, yeah. And Thank that you. is a skill.
0: Thanks. Oh, that's weird. It's so weird. I, uh, the skills I mainly used was a whole lot of, like, <gasps> hi, oh. like There was a whole lot of, like, you need to engage with my inner emotional life right now. <laughs> um, oh, so tired. Got to wake up early for this flight. Um, it was really fun, actually. And magic. Okay. What are we doing? So let's keep going on this idea of what does somebody do if they if they have been thinking of the, if they're resonating with this um, and because we've kind of villainized nice mm. people who consider themselves nice guys at this point yeah but having noticed that sometimes I'll play a nice guy in a friendship and having no nice guys that are struggling in their own friendships with people that they're crushing mm. on what what do you do if you're if you that's your habit and, yeah. and you don't know any better I mean how do you Learn. Do you, do you start looking at the women that you like, like people? Does it help to like stop making it a women versus men thing? That's or? a
2: big one. Yeah. Is it? Uh, yeah. I mean, stop going into like getting the sense of entitlement that you've done so many things. You are deserved something mm-hmm. because no one you're not deserved anything for anyone, no matter how much nice stuff you've done for them. Just treat them like human beings and own your desire.
0: Own your desire.
2: I mean, that's one of the things that was hardest for me, even in my pickup days, was to be able to just be willing to say, you know what? No, I just want to be able to say, I like you. Let's go out. Mm-hmm. I like you. I want to take you home. You don't necessarily have to phrase it as bluntly as that, but being willing to just face the rejection and and think, okay, either it's going to happen or it's not going to happen, but at least now I know. Mm-hmm. Getting rid of that ambiguity, it's scary at first, but when you, and it hurts, rejection hurts, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm but it's not as bad as you think. We get, we get more afraid of we're afraid of the pain than the actual pain. Mm-hmm. And once we get once we get it and we realize that it doesn't end the world, that it's mm-hmm. not really a judgment on us personally so much as just a judgment on our compatibility. It's a lot easier to go, okay, that didn't work and then now you're free to find someone who likes you.
0: Question. What okay so you're you're presenting it as uh, a two step process. I like you. Can I take you out? I am mm-hmm. stating an emotion, and then I'm requesting an action from that emotion. What about just doing step one mm-hmm. and being able to admit you have a feeling without insisting on it meaning anything around uh, actions forward and just being like, yeah. I like you.
1: Yeah, that's
2: also that's another one, especially if it's just a case of. You're not sure what you want to do about it. Like, mm-hmm. you, it's like being able to say just, hey, listen, I like you. This doesn't change anything between us. You don't no, have like, to feel...
0: Not even do the whole, yeah. like, this doesn't change anything. Because fuck that. Like, we're constantly changing. True. And not trying to keep something static or force it to mm-hmm. not evolve naturally. Just... Just to say, yeah, but when you when you flat
2: out say it like that, sometimes it makes people a little defensive mm-hmm. because they worry that now everything is going to be under uh, like everything together is going to be about what they like you and you may not like them, mm-hmm. and that can make that can really damage your friendship. Okay. Whereas if you can say, hey, listen, I like you. It's cool if you don't like me back. You know, we're still friends regardless. That makes people a little more easy. Like mm-hmm. it's like okay, at least that's on the table. I know where you're coming from. Okay. As opposed to being like making your entire relationship now that it's out there, why won't you like me back? Which is another thing that I've done. <laughs> there was a there was a girl, who, she knew I liked her, mm-hmm. and just so much of our relationship, she was trying so hard to be my friend, and I was being such an asshole to her about it because everything about like when we would talk, would inevitably the topic would I would inevitably bring it back up and say make it about why she wouldn't date me. Mm -hmm. And she was trying so hard to just let the subject go and I wouldn't. And that made it so uncomfortable.
0: Oh, because you needed to analyze it and understand why not.
2: Exactly. I wanted, I, I wanted reasons. I wanted the logic why she could, why she had to like me. And that was all of what our relationship turned into. And she, it was mean to her. It was, it was cruel to do that to her. And eventually we quit being friends because of it. Like she,
1: okay.
0: So it's the over-intellectualizing of mm-hmm. something that isn't at its heart an intellectual thing.
2: Yeah. It's um, not just it's not just the over-intellectualizing, it's the unwillingness to let it go. To let it just be. To like there is an attraction that does not necessarily need to be acted on. Mhm. And I would never let it go. I was just kind of like my re- my relationship with her was contingent on why won't she date me? Mhm. And that's an exhausting thing to do to someone who's a like who you supposedly care about.
1: Do you think that
0: just like the thing I brought up in the beginning with mm-hmm. the guy who who took my request of of no touch. Uh, I mean, not no touching, but like rubbing of my body as as like a, a flat out. I am not interested. And clearly, by saying this, I'm I'm gently telling him I'm not interested. Um, which wasn't my intention, mm-hmm. and it was startling for him to kind of throw that in my face. It's not everyone is like this, and I understand. That, but I do know that some people change from day to day, mm-hmm. and you're just like you crush on a friend, you don't crush on a friend, it goes back and forth. We ebb, we flow, just like a marriage. Some people have great years, some people have hard years. Um, so what about the timing of it? The like, oh, I brought it up this year, and they were a no, like things are kind of have changed a little I'm getting mm-hmm. a little sense, like, do I bring it up again? I mean, what, how do you time something like that? When do you make your move?
2: Really, um, when you're starting to get more, like, positive signs of interest back. Like, if you had said, you know, okay, enough with the thigh touching, and he, instead of freaking out, was like, oh, okay, I'm sorry, and dialed it back, and let's play theoreticals. Like maybe mm-hmm. you were getting a little bit more into him and you were starting to touch him more. Mm-hmm. Then that might be more of a time to, for him to go, okay, let's reapproach the subject. Mm-hmm. So if, um, in the case of my friend who I alienated, if I had dialed things back, mm-hmm but then i was getting more science from her like she was giving you know she was becoming you know giving more emotional intimacy to me more mm-hmm. flirtiness with me mm-hmm. that would have been a better time to re bring up the fact that i like her and maybe mm-hmm. i would like to things to be more than friends okay but um like i said when you react badly to it and hurt the hurt your friends inadvertently but through selfishness cuz i was being very selfish you get rid you kill that potential mm-hmm.
0: Well, an opportunity for trust building becomes mm-hmm. a destruction of all your trust, and then yeah. you've nothing to build in the future. Um, not and that you're always wanting to hope. It's not that I want people to still be yeah. lying in wait for it.
2: Yeah, sometimes you have to be willing to accept that it's never going to happen. Right. I, honestly, you always have to be willing to accept that it's never yeah. going to happen, because sometimes it's just not. There are a lot of people who will just not like any of us the way that we wish they liked us. Mm-hmm. And that's just life. You could do everything right and still have that happen.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. It's interesting that way. Hmm. Huh. It's interesting. I'm glad you said that about the guy and the the dialing it back thing because that was what I was kind of disappointed about. Is if you just it, and I've had this in other experiences where some, if people people want to go too far too fast. Mm-hmm and then freak out because the other person's not going as fast as they want. Same with sex, actually, yeah. when you're you're getting turned on faster than the other person. If you give them a safe space where they can warm warm up to you mm-hmm. in their own time and give you a sense that, that they're into it, too, then you can dial it up a little bit with them.
2: Yeah. Showing someone that you're willing to respect their boundaries and their comfort is such a powerful thing.
0: Mm-hmm. But not too focused on them as if they're right. more important than you. Because you know the people when they're hyper-focused? Yeah. And just... Like, but
2: it's more. It's just like it's not a big deal. It's like, oh, I'm sorry.
0: Mm-hmm. Dial it back. Mm-hmm. You comfortable? Sweet. Mm-hmm. And then just don't just ignore them for a while.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> like that's always. Like, like I don't know. I mean, not completely. Like, yeah, but
2: just let it. Let them. Let them find their pace. Mm-hmm. Maybe they will be up to the same level you are. Maybe they won't. But mm-hmm. when you treat it like it's no big deal, it's much more comfortable for everybody. Mm-hmm. Instead of making it making it a thing. Now now people are able to engage you on their level at their speed.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And otherwise, you end up redlining them.
1: Yeah.
0: Some people are like wild animals. Mm-hmm. You can't look them directly in the eye for a bit and just let them know that you're, mm-hmm. you're safe. Yeah,
2: just put out the food and let them come to you.
0: Yeah. The sex food. Bow, <laughs> a bow, bow! No.
2: I've seen that movie.
0: <laughs> oh, let's see. Is there anything else? God, there's so much. I like that whole thing with the dark triad. It's interesting. Um... Oh, okay. I just want to touch on this for just a sec before I turn off this recorder is through all this and you touched on it a little bit. The idea that having sexual urges and wanting someone to be your sex partner is not a bad thing and you don't need to cloak that in right. an urge for uh, pretend that like you want a relationship. Mm. I just want to make that so clear oh, because yeah. so many people feel like it's shameful. And, and I've noticed a lot of people shame men, especially for having a sex drive mm. to begin with.
2: Yeah. It's the double, it's those weird double standard guys deal with, because on the one hand, we're supposed to be perpetually horny satyrs. Mm-hmm. The joke is, you know, men will screw anything that moves and a few things that don't.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But not every man is like that. But at the same time, when we we're also kind of shamed for it, like in a lot of pop culture, the perpetually horny guy is also the buffoon
1: mm-hmm.
2: and he's the comic relief at best, or at times he's just the really sleazy guy.
1: Mm hmm
2: there and yeah we're 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 told we're supposed to have these desires cuz that makes us manly men and then we're also shamed for having them mm-hmm. and it's just this weird paradox
1: mm-hmm.
2: but yeah when you can own your desire and just be like yeah i have this it's cool do you have this too no that makes it so much easier
1: mm-hmm.
2: instead of being like um I I I don't want to bother you, and I know that's kind of icky that I like you, like I've got pants feelings for you. But maybe just maybe, you know, don't don't treat it like it's something you need to
0: hide. Yeah.
2: But don't treat it like it's somebody else's imperative to handle too.
0: Yeah. It's an odd schizophrenia we force ourselves into. Mm-hmm. Like uh, people will talk about, like oh, those were my slutty years, you know, when I was sleeping sleeping around a lot and I was really into having like. Uh, Motionless sex and whatnot, and it's like it was kind of this dark period in their life it's like that was just yeah it's at like the what's time. what's
2: wrong with that yeah. that's what you were into and
0: every once in a while, people kind of get like that it's just sort of this dark place people go to like oh yeah. uh,
2: it's like were you hurting people when you do that were you like were you doing something self destructive no then why why be down on it
0: yeah it's an interesting topic. Anyway, mm-hmm. Harris, thank you for sit, sitting down with me and talking about this. Yeah,
2: thank you for having me.
0: Where can people find you in the world?
2: Uh, you can find me on my blog, which is Paging Dr. Nerd Love. The URL is www.drnerdlove.com, D O C T O R, nerdlove. All one word. Uh, you can also find it at drnerdlove. That'll just redirect you. Um, I'm on Twitter at, at drnerdlove and on the Facebook page at facebook.com slash drnerdlove.
0: Cool. Oh, and you've got your book coming out early next year. So ebook mm-hmm. first. Um, yeah. And there's a working title.
2: Uh, yeah. The working title is uh, Building Your New Life Dr. Noliv's Guide to uh, Developing the Love Life of Your Dreams.
0: Love Life of Your Dreams. <laughs> the More You Know. Um, oh my God. <laughs> Where did that come from? Um, okay, we did it. We talked about so many things. I can't wait to listen to this and be like, oh my god, we traversed so much. Uh, go team fun, Harris.
2: Go team fun.
0: Yeah, thank you. Now leaving nerdist.com.